Well, welcome to the Vineyard this morning, and thank you for our worship team doing a great job leading us. Amen? Yeah, great job. We, uh, you, you all made a good choir this morning, so you were, the, you were a good choir. You filled in well. And those online, I know you were singing along with us, and so we are welcome you online. And I'm Jamie, one of the pastors, if I haven't met. Hopefully at the end of the service, we'll meet you, give you a gift uh, if you're a first-time uh, attender of the Vineyard. A couple things, uh, just wanted, if you weren't here last week, you didn't get a chance for us to celebrate. We did a big all-in, year-end offering for the roof for Burundi and the roof for here. Now, we're not re-roofing, we're recovering. It's still very expensive. And so, our faith goal was $70,000, and so you can put up the, the little uh, logo. I don't know if he's, if he's tweaked it. Uh, I'm going to guess no, and it's still the number from last week, so they'll find it eventually. Our cameras are down, so we're waiting on a new camera. It's on a boat somewhere off the coast of California, I'm sure. So... But this is the Burundi Church, and of course our church, we needed $70,000. We took in uh, $71,780, but that was old news. We're now at $78,000 plus. So we went. I like it when God, you know, he just, he, he tends to stretch us, and, and he just brought us, and we're over the top. So we'll be able to bless the church in Burundi. Let's show that clip uh, again of the Burundi. This is them worshiping under their new roof that you put on all-night worship in Burundi, Africa. You see the building shaking. Come on. Doesn't that make you want to just... And that's how, when we're in Burundi, that's how we worship. And we get in it. And it's, and I can't keep up with them that long, but it's, uh, they, they love it. They bring the house down. They worship all night under that new roof, all night. Uh, and, and it was just a, a 12 hours of intense prayer and worship, and they're praying for us as a church. So thank you for your generosity in that, and we're grateful to God. And uh, we're grateful our, our youth are with us. They had a, a retreat this weekend in Alva at the uh, camp out there where the men were a couple weeks ago. Did you all get any sleep at all? Uh, you, know, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure... Two hours? That's probably more than we got as the men with a snore. You probably didn't have to deal with snorers, so uh, we did. Okay, we don't, don't name names. Don't name names. Don't point fingers. They all deny it. They all deny it. You need a tape recording to prove it. You got to have a... Uh, so I told them, I warned them, I said, if you fall asleep on me, it's going to end poorly for you. So they're, they're got little pins out to poke themselves, keep themselves awake, but we're glad. It makes my heart uh, happy to see you guys and, and gals and just uh, experiencing the Lord's love and, 
and, and goodness. So let me just get something to mark on your calendar a week from this Saturday, so two weeks. We're having a Saturday uh, gathering uh, here uh, for those that host small groups, uh, lead or and or are interested in maybe leading one. So if you'd like to come, mark that on your Let's Connect card, and we'd love to have you come. Okay, so... First Chronicles 4. I know the youth have programmed their phones, some of them, I don't know if all of you do, at what, what's the, when does the alarm go off? 410. 410 is the verse we're in in First Chronicles for the month. We introduced it last week. If you weren't here, I'll, I'll give you a brief introduction of the Jabez prayer. Some of you may be familiar with it, some may not. It's an obscure guy and a, and a chapters that are filled with hard names. It's a genealogy. And so-and-so was the father of so-and-so, who had sons that were named so And they're all hard words. And if you're interested in a new baby name, this is a great list to go from and, and just pick out uh, something like uh, uh, Jehoram or Azariah, Joash, Azariah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh. And so in the middle of all these, now all of a sudden there's this guy, no mention of his dad. That's important because it's not just an omission. There was just, I don't, we don't know the backstory. But, but in verse 9, it introduces us to a guy that doesn't mention his dad. All the rest of them have a dad. And he doesn't have a dad mentioned. Obviously, he had a father of some level. Uh, sometimes the best thing a man ever does in his life is make a baby. And then the rest of his life may not be that great. But he made a baby. No, I'm dead serious. Sometimes the best thing they can ever look to is that child. And some of you might be those children. And, and I, we don't know about his dad. All we know is he had a bad beginning. His name's Jabez, which is a word that sounds similar to the word pain in their language, in the Hebrew language. So it says in verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, that, that means he stood out in a good way. Not, comp not competitive, not prideful. He's not showing out. He's standing out. There's a difference. He's earned this. He's walked in a way that, that the others didn't do. They may have been successful in school. They may have been successful in sports. But there's a lot bigger deal to stand out in, and that's in character in life. You can be successful and be very unsuccessful as a human. And there are people all around us that are successful, athletics, movie stars, business world. They may look like success, but the reality is their life is a total failure. They can make millions of dollars because they can throw a football, but they can't stay married, and they can't take care of their children, and they can't walk in a way that would make them honorable. So this is a guy that shines, not because he's anything in the world's eyes, but because of his character. And this is kind of the end of his story. He doesn't start this way because it says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him pain in the rear, which is kind of what the idea is here. What, how would you like to be called that? A pain, come here. Or grief. Or what, I don't want to use bad words, but you could use bad, think of, you know, and that's where all your brothers laughed at you and called you, you know, uh, you know, uh, Whatever, you can think of a bad word. So, and she said, I gave birth to him in pain. We don't know what that means. She could have had terrible hemorrhaging, uh, bleeding. She could have, uh, her husband maybe left her, single mom, didn't want to be, didn't want to deal with a child. 
Uh, we don't know. The reason we don't know is because God says, I'm going to invite you to find your own story in this story. So it's not limited to his story. It becomes your story that you all can relate to seasons, either beginning of your life or maybe the middle or hardship in your life where pain finds an attachment to you and says, I'm not going to let go and I'm going to drag you down. I'm going to brand you with a limiting label. You're this. You're only that. You'll never be this. And so he's wearing that label and he breaks out of it by a prayer. And we've been encouraging our church, and I'm going to exhort you to take it up, if you haven't started, to take the challenge every day. And again, it's not pray the prayer just by reading it, but, but there's four big categories that he prays. And we're going to look at one each week. We introduced it last week. There's the category of bless me a lot. There's a category of expand my opportunities. There's the category of put your hand upon me. And there's a category of keep me from harm, evil, and pain. Four categories. And they're all kind of themes. I'm going to tell you, listen to me, because without trying to hype, but the devil hates this prayer. I don't, he hates every prayer in the name of Jesus, but for some reason, I've been made freshly aware the blowback that my wife and I have experienced in crying. I'd like to say you cry this out, and it's an instant cure. Add water. Whoop! Everything in life is perfect. Everything happens. You know, your dog starts behaving better, and, and you know, just stops shedding hair, and, and your kids all get straight A's, and your husband becomes tender, kind, and nice, considerate, mindful, and, you know, just like a country song played backwards. It all life just becomes better. And, and I think it can result there. But there's, a, there's an in-between between crying out, as Jabez does, and becoming more honorable than his brothers. We give up in the middle. And you've got to be anchored in some things that I think he was anchored in. But Jabez cries out, instead of becoming a victim, woe is me, I'm bitter, I lost my dad, I lost my mom, I, I, my parents got divorced. I, I got, and all those are painful, bad things. I was abused as a child, horrible. There's all kinds of things that people have to wear that the enemy puts on them, not God. And we'll differentiate between that. So Jabez says, I'm not going to stay stuck in what the branding of the enemy is on my life. I'm going to outgrow it. I'm going to become a better person. And here's how. Verse 10. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. And the idea is a lot. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And let me say this. God's going to answer yours if you start praying this prayer. That's why the enemy hates this prayer. And I think one of the primary reasons he hates it is because it reorients us. It, 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 it gives you a better view of who God is. He's not the God that's putting pain on people. He's the God that's putting blessing on people. He's not the God that's causing people to be restricted and crushed and, and put in narrow. He's the God that enlarges our, our life, our opportunities, gives us chances to see his hand raise us up and to keep us from pain. So what I want to talk to you about is the, the concept of blessing. And don't blurt out the answer. 
Okay, because blurting out, you, you'll never get it right by blurting out, number one. And, and don't Google it, number two, because I'll snatch your phone from you and you'll get it after church. So, let me see a hand if you think you know. Where's the first mention of God blessing in the Bible? See a hand. First mention of God blessing, a blessing. What does it mean that God blesses? I mean, it's powerful. We use it so lightly. Anybody going to take a stab at it? Come on. What do you, what do you think, Aaron? Okay, you're in, the, you're in the right chapter. What? No, that's created. So you got us in the right chapter. What did he bless first? What did he bless, Sean? You're close, but that's second. Well, you got to be specific. It was something specific in creation. What do you think? No, that would be Adam and Eve. You're not going to get there. You want to take a shot? Did Natasha feed you the answer? That's what people from New York, you just can't trust them. You just got to keep an eye on them. Where's security when we need it? Fed her the answer. He blessed the whales. First thing, the giant fish of the sea. It doesn't say fish. The giants of the sea. Then he blessed the fish and the animals. Then he gets to Adam and Eve he made in his image. But with the blessing of the whales and all the secret, it came the power, the enablement to replenish the seas. And there was in the blessing was power. In the blessing was infused with ability. It's not just God bless you. That's nice. God's nice. God bless you. God bless you. And you too. And God bless all the little children. You know, it's just, it's, it's, such, it's become such a shallow meaningless, but there is nothing more powerful on the planet than for God to say, I bless you. He empowered Adam and Eve with the blessing like the whales and the sea creatures to replenish and multiply and to subdue and to rule together man and woman equally. God blessed Adam and Eve. Now, I, when when Jabez cries out, he says, oh, God. And the, the idea here is if. It's, it's if you bless me. He's given God permission. If you bless me, he doesn't tell him what he'll do. He just gives him a blank check. He says, God, if you bless me, I'm going to be whatever you want me to be. Now, if you say, God, bless me to be what you want to be, you're going to limit the blessings. God blesses what he is pleased to bless. God blesses what his purposes have called things to bless. You're going to learn in this prayer, it's like, God bless what I want. Let me help you. Here's a good prayer. God, please don't give me what I want. Help me want what you want and bless me with what you want because I'm not smart enough to know what I should have. I don't care what age you are. If you think you know better how to do life than God, and you're telling God on how to bless you and what to bless, you're in trouble. I want to get you this morning to see that you have a God that delights in blessing. Prayer will tell you a lot about if you don't pray, you don't have much concept that God listens and he answers. If you pray in a way that makes things just seem so, you know, God, I'm afraid to ask, and I don't want to bother you, and you don't understand him. But when you get to know him, as Jabez did, 
He didn't come to God with some wimpy little prayer, like, I need a little help here. He wanted a lot of help. He wanted a lot of blessing. He wanted God to pour out. I love what we sang. Pour out that blessing. Now, I want you to look with me in the New Testament. I want you to see what Jabez knew of God. The, the little book of James after the book of Hebrews has a powerful verse. We sang it uh, this morning. And it's in the context of people arguing whether God will tempt you to sin or do bad things. And James answers it with no. But he gives you the reason why. James 1.17 says this. I love one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Start there. Just stop. Start there. If you're trying to find the good and perfect gifts just below, you're not going to find. You have to know who the source of good and perfect gifts. It's the good and perfect God. Do you know that God can't give anything but a good gift? It's in his, it's, it's, it, it's in his nature can't give you something bad. Jesus said it this way. When you ask God for a, a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask God for a fish, he's not going to give you a scorpion. He's not going to, why? It's not just that God's nice, that it's his nature is good. He can't lie. He can't deceive. He can't give you bad things. He can't, it's not who he is. He can't give you darkness because he's light. He gives you who he is, and he is good. How often? All the time. That was really a weak response. It was a very white response, very Caucasian, northern response. God is good. Thank you. Even when it doesn't feel like it. Now, it starts, how do you know that? You can't know that because it feels good all the time. I wish it felt good all the time. I wish I woke up. I wake up every morning. I, I just, I, I have to remind myself I'm a Christian. And the older I get, the less of a Christian I feel when I wake up. I think someone snuck in the room last night and beat me up. I'm telling you, it gets where just getting out of bed's a miracle. It's like a resurrection. My first words are, oh God, help me. I'm serious, trying to get up, don't want to get up on the right side because I'll get vertigo, don't want to lean that too far because my back will go out, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, when my feet hit the floor, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I'm upright. Step one, both feet on the ground. Step two, turn the alarm off before wife wakes up and you don't make it to step three. But Jabez knew that blessings are good. How do you define a blessing? See, you may think a blessing is getting what you want, or a blessing is getting what you dream. A blessing is getting what you plan. But, but here's what a blessing is. A blessing is God's goodness that's given to you in ways that form and shape and guide your life. God's blessings are things of his goodness to you, it's not you saying, God, I want you to bless this relationship. You better make sure God wants you in that relationship. You don't ask God to bless something that you made happen. You say, God, do you want me in this relationship? I'm not talking about married people. If you're married, you don't have to pray that prayer. You already got in it. It's like joining the Marine Corps. A buddy of mine joined the Marine Corps. He said the first day of boot camp, he thought, what did I do? It's too late now. 
You're married. I see the devil do that to people. Well, I didn't really pray much about it when I I don't care, you're married. You're married. Now you better learn how to find God's blessing. Lord, I'm sorry I didn't seek you, or I'm sorry I didn't do it right. I'm sorry I didn't wait on you. I'm sorry I got ahead of you. Okay, you start there with repenting. You can't undo what's been done, but you can say, God, I want a new beginning. And a new beginning isn't a different partner. A new beginning is God does something in your heart. You learn that blessing is about goodness given so goodness can be released. Blessing is never about you getting something and keeping it. Blessing is always about God giving you something so you can give it away. That's why this church has done well. That's why in COVID, in 2021, we had our best year ever and took up one offering in the whole year financially. And we had an $80,000 extra on top of the best year we've ever had ever. And what did we do? Nothing but cried out to God, take care of the poor, preach the good news, and feed the sheep. We didn't deserve it. It's not that we earned it. God just says, if I can trust you with more, I'm going to give you more. If God can't trust you with a little bit, that's all you're going to get. Why? Because if he gave you more, he'd destroy you. If a little bit is causing you, if, if I had a little bit of success and I handled it wrong, what if God gave me a whole lot of success? It could ruin me. It, it, it's, it's, and we're going to talk about that next week. But so this week, I want, to, I want you to get this. You've got a God that's so full of goodness. And he doesn't just go, yeah, all right. How many, be honest, because you'll help people. Being on, dishonest isn't helping. It's not embarrassing, so get over that. How many of you have prayed to God and felt this come back? Are you asking for that again? How many have felt that? Something of that nature. Two honest kids. Were the rest of you don't pray? I felt it. Come on. You get this thing like, because we, whether we like it or not, we start thinking God's like our dad. And my dad would be saying, you want what again? This is the fifth time. What are you asking me for it again? So I had a dad that was, it was kind, he was good, but he was hard and demanding. And I wouldn't, I couldn't treat him like this good and perfect father that has a delight. You want, yes. Well, I haven't even asked yet. Yes. But you don't know, Lord. Yes. Okay, let's start. I'm giving you my yes to start with. And now let's hear what it is that you need. I want you to know my heart isn't you have to talk me into it. God is a God that loves to give good and perfect. A good gift is a gift that's going to benefit you, bring you closer to Jesus, bring you into a better place in life where you can help serve others. It's going to raise you up. It's going to empower you to be a better person. It's not a blessing if it pulls you away from Jesus, whatever their name is, and whatever the income is, and whatever the pr promise is, if it pulls you from Jesus, it's not a blessing. Blessings pull you to Jesus. It's like, thank you, Lord. You're so good. It draws you back to praise him. It draws you back to say, Lord, why are you so good to me? David said that to God when he said, you've been so good to me and my family. Why are you so good to me? It's because God's good. It's not because of us. 
And then he calls them good and perfect gifts. A perfect gift means it's a gift that comes at the right time and the right way and the right. God knows when you need what you need, how you need it. Now, you can be specific all day long, and you ought to be. Lord, I need this, and I want you to bless that, and God, my intention. But as God steers you, your prayers will become more in line with how he wants to bless you. You may start, you can't say, God, I'm about to rob this, this store, and God, I'm going to need your blessing on me. We're going to need protection to your angels as we go in. And God, we don't want to hurt anybody, so keep us from harm. Bless us, expand our finances, God, because we're going to rip this store off big time. And God, we're just claiming that blessing. We're standing in the blessing that you're going to prosper us. God says, get a job. Get a job. I'll bless you trying to get a job. When I was a young boy and I couldn't find a job, I took my lawnmower and I found somebody that had high grass and I started mowing it. And they'd come out screaming at me, what are you doing in my yard? And I said, looked like it needed mowing. Well, well, I'm not giving you any money. Okay. I'll like see you when I get done with it. They'd come out. They'd drop a couple bucks in my pocket. I started the yard business at 10 years old, 11 years old. I pulled my mower behind me on my bike. And I just mowed yards. Now, this day and age, you probably can't do that. Probably have a lawsuit. You go to jail and you trespassed and, you know, blobbly ran over their sprinkler, ruined their yard. You know, so it may not be a good idea. But, but God wants to give you blessings. You don't have to talk him into it. You don't have to beg him for it, but you do need to ask him. If you're not asking, you're missing the things he has. Your future will not become a reality unless you learn to ask him to release that future now. In other words, you pray your future into existence. You pray the blessings of God on your life. I'm telling you, you can't out-ask a God that we believe in. He doesn't run dry and say, well, she got it first. She prayed for a good husband, and she got him, and I didn't get one. God doesn't have a limited supply that when somebody gets something, you get less. And that's a fear. Or that you see God apparently blessing others, but not blessing you. Well, start with thanking him for the ones that you do have. Start by praising him for the things he's already given you. Now, these are good and perfect blessings. These are blessings that God knows what's best for our life and when it's best to give it to us. But he delights in you asking, and he never gets mad at us for coming back and coming back until he says, you're praying in the wrong way. I want to redirect your prayer. I'm going to refocus you on how to pray here. I want to give you, and we grow and you mature in your prayers. Are you asking him bigger this year? you can't live off the prayer of your parents or your grandmother you can't live off the prayer of your wife I see more men well my wife doesn't pray it in the family you better learn to get before God and cry out for God to give you the blessings to give to your wife that he wants you to give her I ran out of giving my wife something real quick in marriage and she ran out of me I, I run out but he never does I come back and say, God, my wife needs a blessing. He has to give it to me to give it away. God doesn't give it to you to hoard it. It's the same with money. You know, if you hoard your money and you don't honor God with it, why would he want to give you more money? You're not blessing people. with You're not being a steward of what he's given you. 
Why would, you, why would God give you something better when you're not taking care of what he's given you? You can't say, God, if you give me something new, I'll take better care of it. No, you take care of what you got now that when you get something better. My mother-in-law used to make me wipe out her shower every time I had it. I've never wiped a shower out in my life. I thought something was wrong with her, that she would have me wipe down a shower. I wiped myself down. The shower can drip dry and then leave spots all over it. I never, it just, and I, I've determined it's stupid and, and I probably hurt her feelings and, and she had come from deep poverty and she cleans her house. You'll never find a speck of anything in it because she came from total poverty in a little cabin in, in the panhandle of Florida, little two room cabin. And when she got prospered and her husband she took care of what she had she stewarded it i got a new bathroom last year best shower i've ever got in my life you know what i do every time i take a shower now i torment my wife she's like you've become my mother i wipe the glass down i wipe the metal down there ain't a speck a drop of walk of, of water on that thing. You know, I, I appreciate it. I used to have a shower that I barely fit through the door to get into. I couldn't turn around in it. It was too small and had a, a homemade shower head that someone had screwed on there that was full of all kinds of green stuff. And, 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 and I got a, I got a, I got a shower that's like, I wouldn't, I'd have president come in there and I wouldn't be ashamed of him showering in my shower, but I take care of it. I, he, God bless me. I was grateful to have any kind of a shower, but God's given me a, a, a really nice, I wipe that thing down. You might think, well, you're obsessed. I'm not worshiping it. I just appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. That's what you do with God's blessings. You wipe them down. You polish them. You take care of them. You steward it. And if God says give it to somebody else, you give it to somebody else. Every good and perfect, now look, don't miss this. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. If I ask you to pray right now, write a prayer, especially you students, you had your journal, and I said, I want you to write a prayer right now, okay? Think of what the first two or three words would be. Don't, don't, don't blurt it out, but just think. What would you write? You adults think the same thing. If I said, I want you to stand up and lead us in prayer right now, how would you address your creator? I've done this over the years, it's never been different. It's never more, it's always less than 10% of kids or people will begin their prayer with addressing God as Father. It's God, it's Jesus, it's Lord, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's such a missing understanding of God as a Father and a good daddy, a daddy that you want to get in his lap, a daddy that wants you in his lap, a daddy that you is always there, never missed a game, never missed an assignment, never missed a tear. A dad that is faithful, never lie to you, never cheat on you, never manipulate you, never be selfish towards you. We have a father that every good and perfect gift comes from. And you've got to start by knowing him as a father that he delights. It's not like you bend his arm, all right, all right, all right. You don't nag God to get him to do something. You believe him and ask him, and then you thank him. He's a father 
And look how he describes him. As the father of lights, all the stars, all the sun, all the moon, all the, the, the things in the sky. He's the father of the heaven, heavenly lights, who does not change or have a, like a shifting shadow. This, let me tell you something. As a dad, there were times my kids would, you know, would probably want something from me. I'd be in a, a, a foul mood. You don't, you don't give good when you're in a foul mood. They don't know what was going on in our life. You never know what's going on in your parents' life. Doesn't excuse it. Life gets hard, have their own struggles, their own failures. And, and I, as a grown man now, as a pastor, there's times I'll tell people, you don't want to talk to me right now. My blood sugar's dropped. All I'm thinking about is what I'm going to have for lunch. If you want some prayer, let me get somebody that'll pray for you with some compassion because I'm, I'm out right now. They're like, you're the pastor. I said, you're right. And I can delegate to someone that'll do a lot better job than me right now. I have shadows of turning with me. I got moods. I get upset. I get frustrated. I get angry. But you got a God that never does. You got a father that's never in a foul mood. He's never like, well, you better not go in there now. Don't ask him now. Now's not a good time. He's really worried about what's going on over here and over there. He doesn't change. He's a solid rock of goodness. He's going to be good today. He's going to be good tomorrow. He's going to be good when you fail. He's going to be good when you succeed. He's going to be good when the devil is bad. He's going to be good when people are bad. He's just good. That's who he is. He's kind. He's not going to change. God doesn't morph into something else. He doesn't become something. He's just stable, consistent, steady, unchangeable, reliable, faithful, unlike any human dad you've ever had. Every human dad will let you down on some level. But your God in heaven will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never go back on his word. He'll never lie to you. He'll never be too busy for you. He'll never make you feel like you're bothering him because you're his delight. And Jabez learned that God is the God that hears me cry for blessings. And he gives me lots of them. And he gives them to me to help me be a better person so I can bless other people. And when you get that in your heart, that God, if God's going to bless you with a car, what would you do with the car? You're going to drive to parties, get drunk, and run somebody over? Or are you going to drive your friends to church? Why would God want to give you a car? You're going to go to work with it. You're going to serve your family. What, what are you going to do with what God gives you? Is it just serve your purposes and your pleasures? Or God, maybe you gave me this for a higher reason. Maybe you gave me mathematical skills for a, a, a different reason than maybe I thought. Maybe God, you gave me these skills musically for a different purpose. You know, what, what is it that you want God to bless? Your idea of what you want for your future or his plan that's best for your future? I'm going to go out on the limb and tell you, I've had a little bit of my own future, and it was horrible. It was a nightmare. It was Jamie trying to make himself fulfilled. But when I found Jesus Christ as a teenager, I found that God gave me a blessing that was greater than any blessing. James talks about it in the next birth, next, next uh, verse. It's the new birth. It's born from above. It, it, the greatest blessing you'll ever have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Now, that doesn't make everything go easy in life. It just means you've got the greatest. It'll never wear out. It'll never get old. I've been walking. My, my mother went to her priest uh, after I came home from giving my life to Christ and was preaching to him. It's not always smart to preach to your parents, especially when your dad's a big general contractor and you tell him he's going to hell if he doesn't give his heart to Jesus. It didn't go over real big. Let me just help you. So it took some time to see if this thing was real in my life, but my mom worried about me like I'd gone off the deep end. It's funny, she didn't worry about me as much when I was doing drugs. Funny how that is. Parents today, they'd rather see their kids, I think, out doing horrible things than go to church. God forbid that your kid falls in love with Jesus and serves him and, and I, I, anyway, she went to this priest and he said, what's going on? And she said, well, my son, he's so, he's overzealous. He's passionate. He's got, you know, he's sharing Jesus. And the priest said this to her. This is the truth. My mom came home. She said, I'm not worrying about you anymore. I said, well, what, what's wrong? Because I talked to the priest and he said he was something like you when he was younger, but it all wore off and it'll wear off you. Number one, he was honest. Thank you for honest. Number two, I said, if it's Jesus, it's never going to wear off. And it never has. Now, I've had ups and downs, and I've failed, and I've made horrible choices. And I've, but his love, his blessing has never gotten stale, old, moldy. It's never gotten weak and, and dried up. It's me that gets that way. And I got to come back and let him refresh me. How does he refresh you? You stand in his presence and he blesses you. He infuses you with his goodness, with his spirit, with his kindness, with his strength. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm back. I'm, 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 it's never wear off. We tell people when we baptize them, we're going to do one in beginning of February, uh, probably Super Bowl Sunday, because I always like to do something to poke the enemy in the eye and make such a big deal over the Super Bowl. Who cares? You know, really, who cares? I don't care. Your team can be in it. I'm happy. But yeah, I'd rather baptize one person than my team win the Super Bowl. If you're more interested in your sports team winning something than somebody coming to Jesus, you need to come to Jesus. You've forgotten what blessing means because that's not blessing. Blessing is a kid walking with Jesus. Blessing is a marriage that's filled with the love of Jesus. Blessing is a man having integrity to fight the temptations that come their way because they want to stand in that place of blessing, protect that blessing. So we're going to baptize. I tell people all the time that get baptized here, I'll ask them five years later, are you still wet? I mean, somebody's back. Who was baptized here? Terry, are you still wet? You better believe you're wet. You've been in there with those kids all weekend. You moved from New York to come down here to do this, and you start as a firefighter tomorrow in Cape Coral. He's wet. He's still wet. Gave up, gave up his pension to come here. Couldn't take it with him. Six-year pension, seven? Seven-year pension. Gave it up. Why? Because Jesus said, I got a blessing for you. And it's going to make your wife happy. And Jesus said, <laughs> "That's both those are true. 
Everybody thinks, oh, he makes that stuff up. No, I don't. I may get it out of order sometimes, but, but I'm just, you go where God blesses you. Do what God tells you to do. They didn't, they didn't know where they were going to live. You don't find a house when they found out. He didn't have any guarantee for a job. It just, you know, it, and, and here he is serving because he's still wet. It, you don't dry out. His spirit doesn't go, I don't have any more. He's the flow of the river. He's the source of the fountain. He is the living waters. He doesn't dry up. We dry up and we get out of the blessing. But when you get back in the blessing, you stand and say, Lord, as Jabez, would you bless me a lot? I need, why, 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 why? So I can be a blessing. You're no good to people if you look like you've been baptized in pickle juice and you're all sour. You've forgotten the joy of the Lord and you get all grumpy and grimy, you know, kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm grateful about this church that makes room for young people and makes room for music. It's not always the kind that you would have. I have people from time to time, well, why don't you do more hymns? Because the young people don't like them. That's to be real simple with you. And I don't want a church full of old people that like hymns. So if you want to get a CD, go listen to them all day long. They're on the radio. There's a lot of other churches that do them. But I want, man, I want to look at that Zachary up here playing. If I was a young kid, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what those songs are about, but man, that drummer's tearing it up. <laughs> Instead of <gasps> singing verse one, three, and five. That offends me. Okay. You're not going to like church here unless you get a young heart. A young heart says, I'm not the music I necessarily, I all the time recommend stuff to our daughter as a worship leader. She's like, nah, nobody will like that, dad. I'm like, what do you mean? I like it. It's good stuff. It's old stuff. It's just, and I, every now and then I'll make her do one. And it's like, it goes, <laughs> and I'm the only one singing it. And everybody's like, boo, get her off the stage. It's not that bad being dramatic. But you've got to keep a young heart or you'll have an old church. Young kids come, they're messy. They're, they, they, they bring problems. I say, bring them, Lord. I'd rather deal with a young person's problems than trying to resurrect a dead person. You know, they just don't move. They don't, there's no passion. There's no joy. So let's pray as a church this year. See this group right up here. I'm just giving you, I'm showing you my cards right now. I'm praying God doubles you that this whole section, half of it, by the end of the year will be filled with kids, not just bodies, but kids like you guys that love Jesus, that are listening to the Holy Spirit, that are following his leadership, that are passionately pursuing, what does God want for me? How does God want you? And I don't mean to leave this row out. What does God want for me? And that he has the best for you that you could ever imagine. You couldn't come up with a best, better plan. You couldn't study and think, and well, I'd marry him, and I'd live here, and I'd do that. And it'd be a nightmare if God let you have that. You want God's pick, direction, and guidance in your life. I have people all the time look at the wife God gave me, and they go, how did you get her? I said, I was praying for blessings, and God blessed me beyond. I couldn't have found a wife like her. She looks better now than when I first married her. And it's true. People look at me and go, what happened to you? Kim looks amazing. She looks just like she did when you got married. 
It's the blessing of God. I've got three great kids. I couldn't ask for but They're blessings. They didn't always act like a blessing. Blessings don't always act like blessings. But you know they're blessings because God gave them, and they're going to become blessings. So you believe in blessing, not cursing. Okay, you with me? You got a good father. Jabez didn't. Earthly. He overcame it by connecting with a heavenly father whose every good and perfect gift came from him. He discovered the blessing of God that lifted him out of his pain. Cursing will never lift you out of your pain. Hating others, being bitter, being angry, judgment, it'll never lift you up, but blessings will. Unblessed people don't bless others. I can tell when somebody's not blessed. It's not about the kind of car they drive or the house they live in. It's their demeanor, their countenance, their, how they treat, and how they treat people that are less fortunate than them. I know people that have been blessed, and they're kind to people that others wouldn't be. They recognize people. We have a church full of kind, generous people. They know they're blessed, and I'm grateful for them. And God wants you to know his blessing as a father, that he would hold you in his arms and say, there's nothing I wouldn't give to you that would be good for you. I will never hold back anything that would make you better in life. There may be a timing issue. You may have to learn to wait a little bit, but I will never hold back something that you need that's good for you because I'm a perfect father and I give good and perfect gifts. Amen? Ask him for more. He wants you to. He says, come on, try me, test me. See what I, ask me bigger, believe bigger, trust me more, and watch what I do in your life. Let's pray together. The greatest gift and blessing that God ever gave was his son coming to planet earth to die on a cross. And the reason he did that is that he wanted to purchase for you the blessing of forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. If you're here today and, and you've known about God, maybe or maybe not, not certain, you just, he's out there somewhere, but you had no idea that he was that good, that kind, that loving, and that he has the gift of salvation to give to you. If you've never asked him for that gift, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. It's what I prayed as an 18-year-old that has never worn off. I said, Lord Jesus, please come into my life and forgive my sins. I ask that you'll give me your gift of eternal life and be my Lord. That's all you got to do. It's a simple, but it's a surrender. It's saying, God, I receive the biggest blessing, your gift of forgiveness, so I can know you personally. Maybe you've prayed that and it's worn off in your mind or heart and you take for granted his goodness and you need to deal with God and come to Jesus all over again. I don't think you've got to be saved more than once, but sometimes you need to be saved more than once. Sometimes you need to re recommit, reconsecrate, renew. Just like in marriage, sometimes you need to renew 
your commitment and your vows, your blessing. So if you're here today and you prayed that prayer with me, thank you. The Father smiles over you. He's pleased to hear you ask for salvation. It's a gift that's his greatest. It costs him everything to be able to give it to you. Lord, give courage to those that prayed that prayer this morning and they want to stand and make public their commitment in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we sing this last song, whether you're online watching, if you prayed that prayer with us, you said yes to Jesus. Now let this be a day of new beginning for you that you step across the line of faith by making public. You can do it privately, but something happens. You release the power of what you did by saying, I said yes to Jesus as my Lord. So if you did it online, please text us and let us know. If you're in here and you've done, you prayed that prayer with me, we want to celebrate with you. We're not trying to embarrass anybody. We want to ring a bell and celebrate. Now I know straight up we got one that's already done it uh, this weekend at the uh, youth retreat and I don't know which one but I'm gonna have you stand if you said yes Jesus we want to ring the bell for you so which one who who did that who said yes to Jesus as Lord at the youth retreat I think it was a young oh, our dad picked her up well we'll have her back and we'll do it the next time she's back isn't that like a dad come jerk his and I don't go any further okay. probably gonna be late for the game I shouldn't say that. Forgive me, Lord. I don't know. Maybe he was a brain surgeon and needed to operate on somebody. I'm going to tell you, kids, I'll just tell you, because some of you got families that love Jesus, some don't. Be grateful for your folks. Those that don't, you, you, you're not limited. You're not, like, crippled. Like, well, you're lost out. You don't have a mom and dad that love Jesus. Or maybe you don't even have a dad functional in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, you've got a heavenly father that's never missed a tear you've cried, never missed a song you sang, and loves to talk to you every day. He's keeping an eye on you. He loves you. He's a good, good father. All right, anybody that wants to take a stand this morning, say, I want to say yes to Jesus as my Lord. This is your day. Time for a new beginning. Take God up on his promise of blessing of salvation. I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. can't see but go ahead yes man go ahead and stand so I say yes to Jesus as my Lord amen Thank you, Thank you. we celebrate and that bell celebrates we try to connect with what's going on in heaven right now right now God said one of my daughters stood up all the angels don't get it, but God's like singing. He's celebrating. He says, welcome home. Welcome home. Anyone else? You want to take your stand today? It's a bold thing. Yes, ma'am. As my Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.
come, Lord. I, I hope as a church, I just want to disciple you for 30 seconds. When we get to the end, we're going to worship. But this is what you pray for. It's what we work for. This is what we believe for. And there's warfare that happens in this time. And you just don't need to get weird and religious, but just in the name of you, Lord, just help people have that boldness. It's a big deal to stand up in front of a whole crowd of people. Yeah, but it's a powerful thing because God stands up with you. And it's a good thing. We celebrate. It's what we're about as a church. And we want to do a lot more of it this year. Ring that bell. Anyone else? You want to stand today? Okay, yes, sir. All right, buddy. Yeah. Is his folks here? Mom, dad, your parents here? You're by yourself? I just wondered who you belong to. Is somebody claiming him? I claim you, buddy. You, be, you come home with me. What's your first name? With a J? Jordan? Dude. Bless you, buddy. I can see the Lord on you, man. That's a big deal what you did. That's a big deal. He wasn't much older than you when he did that. I'm telling you, God get a hold of you. Come on. Someone's pointing. Were you pointing at somebody? No? Okay. Let's stand. Let's worship him. And don't be afraid as we worship to say, Lord, I need your blessing. He smiles. I've been waiting for you to ask. I've been wanting you to ask. Ask bigger. Believe bigger. Tell it almost feels like, Lord, I'm being greedy here. Go for it. Because the more he gives you, the more he's going to expect you to give to others. So ask big. Ask bigger. So you can be a bigger blessing to others. Not that you can brag about anything. He's here. God's always here, but sometimes he's here. He's here right now. So I'm going to encourage you. Take a moment. Take the next few minutes and just be open to him. He's here. If you've dried out and it's worn off, it isn't him. Let him replenish you, refresh you. The Bible refers to it as fresh oil. If you're a squeaky, rusty Christian, that's an oil can. We're just putting some oil on you. It's an oil of gladness. Receive it as we worship. Because I just see the Lord with an oil can, and he's squirting some of you with oil. It's called the oil of gladness. Renewed joy let him come this morning just touch you bless you let's worship him together